Good. So you, you, well, how was your day? What was great about it? <laughs> Ten push-ups afterwards. It's okay. I got this. You got this. All right. Thank you, band. That was such a cool song. I like that song. Make sure I'm not dropping anything again. All right. So let's get into the nitty-gritty. How was la- the nitty-gritty of things? How was last week? Good, uh, good conversations? Do we have any conversations with maybe parents or, or friends? No? It's kind of awkward, right? Just a little bit? No? Well, let's get awkward. How about that? Let's get awkward. All right, so last week we laid the foundation of relationships. You know, how do we uh, prepare in relationships? Do we look at it from a biblical uh, worldview? Or do we embrace it from a cultural worldview, right? So we laid down some, uh, some definitions. Sorry, I'm trying to get set it because it doesn't want to stay. Stay. Okay. So how do you deal with relationships with loved ones, friends, maybe in a, uh, a dating comp- uh, capacity with a, a boyfriend, a girlfriend? Do you apply it from how cultural says is appropriate, or do we look at it more from a biblical perspective? All right. One of the things that we are inundated with, it surrounds us, is sensualization and sexual immorality throughout social media. It's on your Instagram. It's on TV. It's on the Internet. It's at the click of a button on the Internet. You're learning about it in school, right? It's in movies. It's right there in front of our faces. So why is it then, if we can see it day in and day out, is it so awkward to talk about here? So let's just get it out of the way. Go ahead and get your cringes. We are going to talk about sex. (laughs) Just... Go ahead and get the giggles out, get the, ew, ew, not that, la, 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 la. We are going to talk about sex, okay? It may feel and seem a little awkward, all right? So just get it all out, get the giggles, get the ears. Like, can we please not talk about this? See what I mean, though? It's awkward, but yet we see it on a daily basis. You watch movies. You, the Avengers, it's in there, right? Television shows, television shows, you can't escape what is going on in, in TV, right? On your, your Instagram or Snapchat, you, look, you have photos, and they're presenting themselves in a way that is very sensualized. Maybe not enough clothing, you know, trying to accentuate some body parts versus others. Right? So it, let's, let's not be shy about it. We see it every day, everywhere. In the beginning, God created everything, yes? Set the days. At the end of every day, God said it was good. It was very good. Did you know that there was something that God said was not good? God said it was not good. 
If you have your Bible, turn to Genesis 2, verse 18. Do you have your swords? All right. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Right? We are, over the past year and a half, we should know that we are made for relationships. Think about last year with COVID. None of you were in schools. You were on lockdown inside your home for almost a year. How did that feel? Think about it. It was very, a lot of anxiety, maybe. You know, you wanted to get out and do things. You wanted to, to see friends, maybe. It's because we were built for relationships. What is sex? What's the purpose of sex? Thanks, PJ. Thanks. Just, it's done. PJ just answered it for us. We can, we can go. <laughs> All right. What is the purpose of sex? Right. right now, I want to lay out three things that has the importance of sex. One, PJ, can you say it louder? Children! Procreation. Sex is for procreation. God said, be fruitful and multiply. That means have sex and have children. Right? Right? Genesis 1.28. Right? The second uh, reason sex or the purpose for sex is unity. Yeah, unity. All right. Genesis uh, 2.24. For this reason, a man will leave his mother and father and be joined to his wife as one. In, in marriage, you are one being. Yes, you're male, yes, you're female, but you come together into one flesh. Unity is to have a bond with someone. Uh, a spiritual bond, emotional bond, relational, biochemical. Huh? Biochemical. Did you know that your body produces a chemical that gives you des the desire to bond with another person? It's more prominent in females. It is a chemical called oxytocin. It generates a, a bonding and trusting ability for your partner. Yeah. It very well could be, right? And a physical unity. That's in the actual act, right? The third reason sex is important or has a purpose is it foreshadows heaven. Huh? It's a foreshadowing of heaven. All right, Ephesians. Ephesians 5, 30 through 31. Please open there if you have your Bibles. All right, let's, let's get into his, uh, God's Word. Ephesians 5, 30 through 31. For we are members of His body. That's Christ. Let me get my place again. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. So God created us to be in a relationship, to be in a uh, union as one flesh 
between a man and a wife. Now, I, go, I know this goes against everything that we are being taught in culture right now. Sex is meant for the unity of marriage. Okay? Foreshadowing heaven. If you go to the very last book in Revelation 19.7. Revelation 19.7. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride, us, his bride, has made herself ready. It is a foreshadowing of the unity that we will have with Christ in eternity. Never really think about this because all we see around us is the sensualization, touching, physical aspect of sex. We don't think of it anything beyond just physical. Something that you're supposed to do to have fun. But there is a real reason why it was created. Jesus came into the world 100% man, 100% God. That means he faced the same temptations as us. Right? He dealt with all of the passions around him. He died on the cross so that he could share our pain, our frustrations, our miseries, that, so that we would have eternity with him, right? We don't think about that too much. God feeling the same things we feel and deal with, especially when it relates to sex, right? What would our world look like if we had the same sexual ethic as Jesus? I'll, I'll ask that again. What would our world look like if we all went around agreeing with applying and doing the same sexual ethic that Jesus portrayed when he was walking on the earth. I want to give you a quote from a book I've been reading. It's by uh, Dr. Uh, Sean McDowell. He is a well-known apologist. Uh, he has his new book called Chasing Love. As you get into uh, high school and you want to pursue this a little bit more, get you know deeper into the understanding, I recommend this book. Uh, this is what he wrote. Imagine a world in which everyone followed God's design for sex and marriage. There would be no sexually transmitted diseases, no abortions, no brokenness from divorce. Every child would have a mother and a father and experience the love and acceptance each parent uniquely offers. There would be no rape, no sex abuse, no sex trafficking, no pornography, and no need for a hashtag Me Too movement. Think of the healing and wholeness if people simply live Jesus' life giving words regarding human sexuality. Can you imagine that world? Now, it sounds like pure utopia, right? But this is God's design for us here. Some of the things that we could expect in that world. No victims or users of pornography. It says victims of pornography. Later on, maybe we'll actually talk about that. But yes, we are victims of that. That means it's not healthy and not good for us. There would be no sexual exploitation, trafficking, or abuse. There would be no STDs, sexually transmitted diseases. No rape. 
no one having to do anything outside of their own will being forced. There would be no pregnancies outside of a loving, committed relationship between a man and a woman, husband and wife. No crude, degrading sexual humor. That's what she said. Crude humor, right? There would be no abortions because even an unplanned for child would still be loved and cared for by his or her parents. There would be no pain from divorce. There would be no deadbeat dads. No prostitution. There would be no men leaving their wives for younger women. And there would be no adultery or the devastation it brings to family. This is the design that God has for us with sex. Scripture tells us to flee and abstain from sexual immorality. 1 Corinthians 6.18, flee from it. 2 Timothy 2.22, flee from it. When you hear the word flee, what do you think? Run. Is that just a nice casual jog? No, that is not. That means you run from it. That means when you are alone by yourself and you have an inclination to go on a website or look at pictures you shouldn't be going on, you run from it. Right? You, you may say, well, it's too hard. I, I just can't not do that. Let me ask you a question. If you were in your class and you finished up with all of your work 20 minutes earlier and you were on your phone just doing some things, and if you heard the teacher walking towards you, would you put it away? Yeah, because you wouldn't want your teacher to see any sexual-related images on your phone, right? Think about it this way. If you were home by yourself in your room, right, your parents went out, maybe they went on a date night, and you were looking at, again, stuff that you know you probably shouldn't be looking at, you saw the headlights come in through your window. Would you put it away? You absolutely would. So don't tell me that you can't do it or the, it's too strong. Flee from sexual immorality. Are you willing now to make a commitment to honor God? To love him, mind, body, heart, soul. How are you going to do that? You have to learn how to think biblically. With a Christian perspective. Right? That means everything that you learn from society, you effectively have to unlearn. Because I'm sorry to say, everything that society says is good about this nature, this relationships, most of it's wrong. It leads to destruction, heartache, confusion. Can I be honest with you? I never had this talk. I grew up in a, in a Christian home. I went to church three or four times a week. I got saved and baptized at 16. And I was sexually active before then, and I got a girl pregnant at 16. 
because I followed what society said was good. And now, praise God, I'm here with you all showing you that God's grace is more powerful than our mistakes. But it comes with baggage. I've been married almost 19 years. And the struggles I faced and dealt with even then, my teenage years, reared its ugly head sometimes in my marriage. It's not easy. So we have the ability now to have these conversations with you so that you don't have to follow in the same footsteps, have that same pain, frustrate, frustration. It's not easy, and it's not fun. You may think it is now, but I promise you it's not. You are not your own. Did you not know that you were bought with a price? The price of Jesus' blood on the cross. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. You must present yourself to God as an instrument for righteousness. That's from Romans 6. I was looking at Instagram the other day, and I came across this, I guess you call it a meme. I don't know, I'm kind of out of touch, I'm sorry. Uh, says Christ over compromise. Are you going to compromise your sexual ethic now and continue in this path, or are you going to choose Christ? Scripture over culture. Are you going to continue being on your phone, hanging out with the friends, doing all that, stu- uh, all that, all that stuff, or are you going to be in Scripture? Reverence over entertainment. I even struggle with this. My wife always tells me, you got to stop playing monsters. I play a game called Monsters Legends, or Monster Monster Legends. And kids got me hooked on it. A couple of years later, they stopped. I'm still playing. So I I understand the, the attraction towards entertainment, but reverence over entertainment, reverence for God's word over what we find in entertainment. It doesn't mean that you don't get to enjoy entertainment. But how often are we in reverence in God's word? Prayer over idleness. When you're sitting at home and you're on your phone watching TikTok, how much time goes by before you realize you've been there? Like you've looked at how many videos and it's an hour later. Idleness. Prayer over idleness. Jesus used Scripture all the time. Did you know that? Jesus, God, who wrote Scripture, used Scripture. He used it against Satan, being tempted in the wilderness. He used it against antagonists. When he was teaching crowds, he used Scripture. When he was answering the people, he used Scripture. When he was instructing his disciples, guess what? He used Scripture. When he was praying, when he was on the cross, he used Scripture. After his resurrection, he used Scripture. Be like Jesus. Use Scripture. 
This can be uncomfortable. I understand that. But I don't want the culture, society, we don't want as leaders, as parents, for you to learn what sex is, the drive towards it from our culture. That's why we are here doing this. You were bought with a price. And God loves you. He does. You may not think so. You may not feel it. But he loves you. You may think that you've done so much bad stuff that you don't see how he could. Trust me, I was there just a few years ago. I can tell you stories that make me cry of the stuff I've done. And guess what? God loves me. So I know he loves you. Where are you going to stand? Are you going to stand on scripture? Or are you going to stand on what the culture has to provide you? How are you going to learn to fight the questions? to answer the questions if you're not in the scripture yourself. Let me ask you this. Who had an A on their math test this week? <laughs> right? At least it's not a 58. But we shall, we, shall name have una- we shall name unnamed. All right. How did you know how to get those answers? Well, obviously, you didn't go to the right place if you made a 58. Just saying. Right? I was looking at you. All right. How did you know the answers to those questions? Where, where, where did you go to, to learn that, if not from the teacher? Where did the teacher get it? If you're learning about history, where do you go? You, the history books, right? Literature. I ain't learned nothing in literature. Can't nobody tell me no. Right? You learn from the textbooks. How are you going to learn and grow if you don't use the most important textbook we have available? I'm going to end it on this note, and then I want us to break into groups and have honest, real conversations with our leaders. So the bands, you can get ready if you want. I want to be able to spend as much time as I can. But I want to leave you with this. This is twine, right? This black piece right here, represents your life right now, your lifespan. This is, this is your life on the world. The rest of it is eternity. Are you willing to spend your eternity in a place that is without the love of Christ for the actions and pleasures of this piece right here. Think about that. Because that's exactly where we're headed if we don't take seriously the Word of God in our lives. Does that make sense? Do you want this to affect all of this? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you so much for your word. 
Thank you so much for your sacrifice, your willingness to come here and to sacrifice everything for us. God, I, I, I pray that we have planted seeds tonight in the hearts of our young children. God, help us to, to learn and grow in your word. Help us to have honest conversations with our loved ones, with our parents, with our leaders, so that we will not be misled or misguided by what culture has to offer us. Help us to learn and lean on your word, to be fed by it, to grow in it. God, thank you for your grace. The nastiness, muck that I have lived in my entire life has washed away and made white and pure by your love and sacrifice on the cross. Help us to see that. Just ask these things in your holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen.